self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we We are are conversation Conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for a wonderful fantastic social distanced show (laughs) Um, we are not in the same place like we are every week right now we are in our own respective homes Um, you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and i can be found at red underscore calamity also we're still doing the listener letter portion of the show so if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show you can send it to our gmail account which is conversationconartist at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artists, and send it to us that way. Although, I don't think we had any letters this week just because of the world imploding around us. Yeah, we don't. Uh, but that being said, what's going on in the world now is not something that we're interested in talking about. Really not. So, uh is no news that we can find that ain't related to this this week. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a little isolated stuff going on that you can get to in the deep parts of the interweb. So we're just going to have some just regular conversation today. Um, Indeed. So what's, what's on your mind, Red? Um, <laughs> so I'm stubborn. That's not, know, not a shock to people. It's it's not a shock. I thought oh, I thought I was dropping some a bomb. Um, <laughs> I'm a stubborn individual and I don't do groupthink. Okay, if 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 a topic is being discussed and I feel a particular way about it, I don't give a fuck if everybody else in the room disagrees. I'm not going to agree just to fucking agree with some shit that I feel like is wrong. Not gonna do it. Now, new co-workers just figured this out about me. <laughs> I don't even know how we got on to this topic um, about cheating and all of that. I don't even remember. But one of them was talking about how um, Tina from Mary Mary, you know, her and her husband had all that that shit going on. And they went and had therapy done. And in their therapy, the other woman was brought in. And so me, being a therapist... I was like, the fuck the other, what, what kind of therapist did that? And everybody in the room was like, what do you mean? Like, um, if that's, if that's part of their process and that's what they fit. First of all, that's not how this works. Okay. Because if you knew what you needed to do, you wouldn't be coming to see me anyway. So don't tell me what's the part of your process. Okay. Cause you could have did that and not came and sat in my office. All right. So I don't want to hit it. There is nothing therapeutic that is going to come from involving that third person. Okay? It ain't. The marriage, relationship, whatever it is that y'all got going on is between the two of you. And this outside third party is a part of an issue. The larger issue being whatever breakdown happened and the person decided to step out. I am not going to open myself up to the liability of bringing in somebody and having motherfucking WWE in my office. Okay. You want to talk to the side chick, you talk to her on your own time. When you are in couples counseling, the couple (laughs) is the client, not all of these other people. Why would you involve? And so 
you know, they did their best to try to get me over on the side of the majority. And I, you know, I had to tell them, y'all don't know me very well because I just started working here, but this, let this be a lesson. <laughs> if I feel like I'm fucking right, I don't give a fuck. It could be 40 motherfuckers telling me, I don't care. It, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm not going to agree with it. Just be, We can agree to disagree. We can agree that you feel like it, a therapist that brings in the other woman is a good therapist. And I can feel like that's one of the shittiest therapy things I've ever heard in my life. You just agree to disagree. Because that's what we're going to have to do. Because I think it's dumb. <laughs> and I don't think that any therapist that has, you know done their job and and getting their training and learning ethics and what they're supposed to do would even entertain that idea because there's so much that could go wrong with that and very little that could go right and as a therapist you are always supposed to be thinking how is this going to therapeutically benefit these clients and if it isn't it don't need to happen Let me just counseling couples is hard as shit. It is. Now I don't want nobody to think that. I, I like I, I don't want nobody to think that shit easy. Oh no. hell, I hate you it. You can. I mean, you can be far, far more experienced, but you have no idea what's about to come into that room. You know, they own individual personalities and issues. Their own. Uh, dynamic between them two that's fucked up the immediate issue that's brought them into there along with whatever the counselor my predispositions about relationships is i got my own shit too i ain't seen no healthy relationships with my mama you know my dad women used to walk up to me when i was little and say you look just like your daddy and my mama was <laughs> like yeah them people your daddy probably used to cheat on me with <laughs> and i'm like well goddamn <laughs> you know today i'm like goddamn i'm like what that mean you know, you grow up and start realizing what shit mean and be like, damn. Yeah. Uh, this shit's complicated. It is. Um, yeah. Shit ain't easy. And so the no. idea that the idea that like they got an answer to couples counseling that adds a whole new fucking complicated dynamic should like help me understand like what mindset they in, which is not a counseling mindset. No. Like it sounds like they're in that entertainment mindset that yeah that Ayana saved my life that celebrity shit because they do a whole bunch of went random shit that don't don't work. So it's for ratings because they they're on a show, but in the real world where you're not concerned about whether or not if your show gonna get picked back up, <laughs> and where you're concerned is actually this couple that's sitting in front of you. Though the it's certain shit that you're just not gonna do. And let me say I have probably done I've done a number of different counseling especially like through doing my internship you know they wanted us to kind of get exposed to as many different you know things as you could and I have by no means done every form of counseling that there is but of the ones that I have done the one that I would hate to do again is fucking couples counseling for so many reasons okay one being like Mr. On Point said, you don't know what's about to walk through your door. And so sometimes you'll have couples that come in who are on completely different pages. 
he coming because he really want to save this relationship and he messed up and he know like I, I want this I, i'm gonna do what i need to do she coming just to shut his ass up so she can leave <laughs> like they're not even on like both of them are not there for the same purpose you'll have that you'll have people that it's like y'all should have came about eight months ago y'all really been letting this just go on for the <laughs> and it's deteriorated to where it's so bad that you as a therapist is just like what in the fuck am I supposed to do this you just never know you know people have their own predispositions as it pertains to what the role of a man is and what the role of a woman is and so those things impact the relationship because if you and we don't think to ask those things or we don't think to discuss those things when we're dating right you don't really think about asking what his idea of a woman or a wife is. You don't think about asking her what her idea of a husband is. And so sometimes we assume everybody's idea is going to be what ours is. And then you get married to a nigga who think that you're supposed to just stay home, be barefoot in the kitchen and pregnant. Which, let me say, nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with somebody that feels that way. Now, for somebody that feels that way, I ain't the bitch for you. Okay, because I'm not going to do that. But there are women who do have that more traditional mindset. So if you find one of them, it's fine. It's great. Y'all be happily ever after. But I don't think people have those conversations enough. And so you'll have people going into a situation thinking that they were on the same page and they not. And some of this shit is hard wired into us. If you grew up with a dad who was like telling you this is what a woman is supposed to do you. And you get somebody that's the opposite of that. I mean, there's some internal conflict that happens. You know, how am I going to bring this woman to my dad? My dad going to think I'm a chump. <laughs> like, there's just so many pieces that can be involved with couples counseling. It's just not my favorite thing anyway. But without adding in an unnecessary piece. Like a side chick. The fuck? <laughs> so, what do you think you learned about relationships from seeing your parents' marriage. Um, because, I mean, I got the opposite. Like, I, my my mama was divorced. She married some people, but, like, I didn't get what should come from my mama and daddy from my mama and daddy. So it's like, I wonder what the difference is between how we perceive what's going on. Because I tell families that a problematic man being there or a problematic woman being there is not at all helpful. Not more helpful than one of those people being there that's healthy. On that, we agree. So, Even considering though, that, what what do you think you got out of seeing your mom and dad's dynamic? Like, the bullshit and what you can positively take into your relationship? I mean, I choose to take mostly positive things away from it okay and so what i mean by that is one is exactly what you just said i've had uh argue well not i've had disagreements with people before um because i have the opinion that a two-parent household is not a good household simply because there are two parents in it okay i grew up in a very dysfunctionalist fuck two-parent household i had both of my parents the entire time that I was growing up. They were always together. Now, they were toxic for each other <laughs> and they were toxic for us. So I really, really have a problem with this idea that just having two parents in the home is just going to automatically be better. That is absolutely 100% not true. And I can speak to that from 
experience of having two dysfunctional ass parents. Um, honestly, I learned from my parents everything not to do. And one of the, the moments in my life that terrified me, <laughs> and I don't know if I've spoke about this on the show before or not, but was the realization or the feeling that I had become my mom. And what I mean by that is I had always told myself, you know, my mom stayed with my dad, even though he was an alcoholic. I've talked about this on the show and he, you know, not, not the greatest person. He just ain't. Um, and I, you know, I, I would never stick around and let somebody, you know, be drinking and, and doing all of this and stay. Okay. In the, the relationship that I normally talk about, the one that, you know, was the most meaningful, obviously, because I talk about the shit all the time. One day I looked up and I realized that's Remy, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> One day I looked up and realized I was doing exactly what she did, but with different shit. Like she did it with his drinking. She put up with his drinking and stayed with him. I was putting up with cheating and staying. And I felt like I think initially because it wasn't drinking, I didn't put the two together. But when that motherfucking reality hit <laughs> and I had that realization that fucked with me so tough I was like oh my god <laughs> um but for me mostly it was it was what not to do for my parents relationship and I was also very lucky to have an aunt who was in a very healthy marriage who I would uh go and stay the summers with and I got to see what a dynamic between a husband and a wife could look like not even necessarily should because i'm sure that my aunt and my uncle got their shit too you know what i'm saying like obviously i was a guest so i didn't get to see the bad um but i'm sure they had their shit so i won't say i i saw what it was supposed to be they gave me a vision of what it could look like as opposed to what my parents were doing uh and i you know i tell my aunt all the time that i thank her so much for those summers because you know i don't know I would have the outlook that I have without those examples, those two examples together. So my parents and my aunt and my uncle. But I learned a lot of what not to do. <laughs> I learned um, that your happiness, you always should, should look out for that. Both of my parents are unhappy as fuck, <laughs> but they still together. <laughs> And at this point, they're going to be together until somebody die. Can you identify something positive that you took from it? Not through bullshit. Not being like, I learned the positive shit through seeing the bullshit. But like something you <laughs> le legitimately took that you think is positive. Or is there absolutely nothing? Um... What a, okay, so this is a good thing and a bad thing, <laughs> but just because of the extent that she took it. But my mom has always been a really good example of you. Are, you be who you are, and you don't let other people dictate how you're gonna be just because of their behavior. What I mean by that is that you know, no matter how fucked up situations would be with my dad, she never ever it was never okay for us to be disrespectful to him it was never okay for us to um treat him like he you know like he was an equal or something you know what i'm saying like she made sure that we maintained the respect she felt like we should have even though i mean she could be mad as fucking him 
but she would never let that take her out of her character and out of what she felt like was the right thing to do. Never. Um, and again, I think maybe she take her shit too far, <laughs> but I do think that that was a good thing. Like she, she gonna be who she is no matter what you doing. Even when the outside people might be like, why the fuck do you even still care? Like, she like, I'm gonna do what I know I'm supposed to do. I'm, it doesn't, it's not determined on what he's doing. So, okay. Um, I guess that's it. I don't know. I can't think of nothing else. Most of it is from the bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, a part of it is like, even though your mama wouldn't let y'all respect, disrespect him, you know, I feel like that grow, grew a big, big gap between how you're supposed to, like how you perceive kids' roles when it comes to adults. And uh, somebody posted on Facebook. I'm trying to find this post real quick. Um, uh, hold on. Give me a second. Let's see if I can find this post real fast. He basically said. Hold on. <laughs> y'all ain't got nothing to do. If y'all, y'all quarantining right. Y'all ain't got a goddamn thing to do. <laughs> um, bruh, it's a dude who, uh, the dude I did the music interview with, um, he said, uh, he reposted something that says, older black people think it's disrespectful to not let them disrespect you. <laughs> and then he said, Woo, I could never understand why I was being popped in the mouth or whooped or suspended for giving back the same energy. <laughs> so it's like it's like sometimes you're encouraged to not disrespect the adults, but the adults are continuously disrespecting you. So it comes off when you grow up as being somebody who feel like like the gap between what you it's like it puts you in a position where children gotta pay their homage, you know what I'm saying? Like you go through this shit. This is just the, this the rites of passage. You got to deal yeah. with this bullshit of being disrespected. And I think that telling your kids to respect somebody unreasonably, and when sometimes they may not deserve respect, I think it can backfire. It can. Uh, I think I my outlook on stuff has always been so very different from my parents. So. From her example, I did not take that. Like, I would never have my kids in a position where somebody is disrespecting them on a regular basis. And I'm like, well, you still got to no. <laughs> Um That's why I say, like, it was a good thing, but she took it too far. Like, her belief in that she she was this is what she was supposed to do, so she was going to do it at any cost. She did take it a little too far. So... I would absolutely 100% like, no. <laughs> absolutely fucking not. Um, I don't think that you just get respect simply because you old. That's not how that works. You being fucking... Di- now, that's not to say I think kids need to be out here cussing out old people and shit, but... I don't know. When you be talking about kids sometimes, you be talking rough as hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you be talking like you be talking like you your mama. You be talking like you the mama you described to us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I wish my child would. You know, shit like that. Like, I, I don't know how soft you would really be when it comes to those moments. I don't think <laughs> you're going to be your mama. But you talk like your mama in it. And I'm just, you know, I be trying to process, you know, what that perspective is. How will it change when you have kids? And how much of it will be that once you have a kid and you start realizing, like, like that moment where you realized you was doing the same shit with your dudes that your mom was doing with your daddy with different shit. Mm-hmm. At what point will you be whooping your kid and be like, oh my God, I'm my fucking mama. This whooping is causing me more <laughs> satisfaction than it is grief. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, honestly, I think I, I, I talk a lot of shit. Um, as evidenced by these fucking dogs. You see how my do- my dogs do what the fuck they want <laughs> Like, I talk mad shit, but these dogs, listen, <laughs> they're blind that they know not to cross, but for the most part, these little things do what they want to do, okay? Again, Remy, when I had my house party, went around to the front, like, broke out and just sat at the front <laughs> like a fucking stalker. Um... I, I hope I'm going to fall somewhere in the middle. And I mean, part of, of what I feel like I gain from working with teenagers, the teenagers that I work with, that I still work with, is that I'm hoping I remember these experiences. Because I do not want my kids to feel how some of my kids feel about their parents. I don't want to be that. Now, obviously, I'm going to be the person in, in their life that's going to have to make decisions that they're not going to like. So we ain't going to be besties. Okay, I don't even have the, that's not even a goal, but I want to be the kind of parent that my kid know that they can come and talk to me about shit and I'm going to respond to it in a way that makes sense, in a way that makes them want to come back and talk to me about stuff, even though they know you're not going to get away with this shit. (laughs) Okay, and you know, I'm not going to be with it at all. But you also know that I'm not going to stand in judgment of you or like, you know, I don't know. It's a difficult, it's a delicate balance. I kind of want my kids to, I want my kids to fluctuate up to bestie mode sometimes. Like, I don't like the idea that being perceived as a friend by your kids is automatically shut down before they even hear or before you know what that looked like. I think that I like my kids to have the level of trust in me that they come to me with important shit that they would a best friend knowing that I have to deal with it in a parenting way. And I think that there's well, a way to create that kind of relationship, but not if is. you automatically have the mentality of bestie mode don't exist. If you walk into it with that, I don't think you're going to make the decisions that make you say, how can I get this kid to feel like they my friend. Like, think about your mamas and how she treated you. There was no way you was going to go to her and tell her nothing goddamn serious. Hell no. <laughs> so, I guess no. thinking about, so what would you do different than your mama that would represent your child being able to trust you enough to tell you those things? Because a lot of it got to come with how you, how you choose to handle the issues that show up. You know, if you well, handle them more, handle them more reasonably, different outcome. If you handle them like with an iron fist, 
then clearly it's going to be secrets and hiding and getting away with stuff. Well, with my mom, it wasn't even necessarily about an iron fist as it was. I didn't feel like I could trust my mom. And what I mean by that is if I did something, the whole motherfucking extended family was going to know about it. Okay. I skipped school and she literally told every single living person on our family tree. (laughs) And so it's embarrassing. I had, you know, other relatives wanting to come and talk to me and shit. And it was just like, why would you, why would this need to go outside of the house? Like, why, why was this not something that we just handled here? You tell me how you feel about it. Like, why was this something that you... And so she did that a lot with a lot of stuff. And so that's one of the things that I had always said that I was not going to do. Like, we handled the shit in our house and our house. And it ain't that black folks keeping secrets because it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a line there. <laughs> but, like, I'm not going to be putting all of this shit out that you come and tell me that everybody don't need to know what, what's happening with you. I'm going to be grateful that you came and told me about it. And like, I mean, as far as now, their dad, not going to leave him out of the loop. But my mom literally would be on the phone with my aunts and uncles. I'm talking about making call after call after call. (laughs) Talking about some shit I did. And it's like, what the fuck? Why? Why are you doing this? Why do they need to know? If you're going to punish me and handle it, like, what the fuck is the point? So, like, she would do that kind of shit. And so that made me not want to talk. Because I might as well just call a family meeting, okay? And just announce to everybody whatever it is that I need. So, at at the minimum, at the minimum, with your child, you're not going to just put their business out there. No. To everybody else. Now, do you think it's an obligation to... Is it is it an obligation that you and your husband both always know about everything, or do you feel like it should be based on the relationship you have with that child? Like, if if he if if it's a boy and it's a mama's boy, or if it's a girl and it's a daddy's girl, you know, would y'all have some kind of pact where if she come to you with something that you feel you need to keep, then do what you need to do. If it's something I feel I need to keep, it's due. But you know, we we do need to communicate somehow that you know. I'm handling the issue with such and such or or do you feel like everybody should always know what's going on? No, cuz I I mean even with um with doing therapy with other people's kids, right? You know, the law does not really allow for them to have privacy, um but I I allow for it. And so I tell them like everything that you tell me is not going to be confidential, okay? It isn't. If if you are being hurt, if if there is something that I feel like your parent needs to know, I have an obligation to tell them. You know what I'm saying? So that's a conversation that we're gonna have prior to it happening. Like I'm never gonna just leave out of a session and go tell your parents something that you don't know that they were gonna find out about. Um. So I wouldn't say that my husband would have to tell me everything that was going on if he felt like it was something that would benefit his relationship. Like let's say it was, um. I don't know. The most icky thing I could think of that I would probably just not even want to fucking know about is let's say he caught our son masturbating and, and had a, a masturbation conversation. I don't even know that. You know, you okay, handle so if you If you feel like you handled it and everything is cool, I'm not going to get upset because you didn't come and tell me this, this potentially embarrassing thing about our son. Like, I'm not going to get upset about that. 
Okay, so I was talking to you about a story that I read that came from Reddit, and it was basically yes. about a a son that the daddy uh, assumed was uh, doing something sexual with the dog. That's different. Found out he was, and then decided yeah. to. You was like, you know what? I'll handle this. No, I'm not gonna tell her because it'll upset no. her. Yeah, bye. No. So there is a <laughs> level of things that you always yes. have to know. Yes. So. That take, I don't know. There's a level of, so something that is a natural part of, of a child becoming older, and it may be a little embarrassing, you don't have to bring me in on that. That is not a natural part of adolescence. That is crossing over into some mental health issues. I need to know about that. Okay. I need to know that he is fondling the dog's balls like no we that's the problem so to finish the story what was going on with that situation <laughs> the dad caught the son uh where well, the the dog was acting weird they took the dog to the vet the vet said the dog been penetrated somehow <sighs> he went to the son's computer found bestiality stuff on his computer and went to the son you know angry and said look son we'll handle this all right and i'm gonna tell your mama just promise me you won't do this no more son said i promise i won't do this no more so some months go by, and the dad see the son in the backyard playing fake tug of war with the dog, fondling his balls. And so he confront the son again, and then he bring mama in on it. At this point, the issue is that mama was so angry that he didn't talk to her about it the first time. And the way the story went, it seems that she was mad about their communication, not necessarily about what the kid did. And so mm -hmm. it kind of trumped that situation. But then she started calling him the dog fucker and it upset <laughs> him. And so he moved out and he left. Um, she didn't believe him basically. And then she found out the son was doing it. Then she felt bad about it. Then the dad came back, got the dog, cussed the son out. And, you know, eventually the wife and him got a divorce from this and, uh, and moved on. And now the wife is, you know, sucking dick for crap. <laughs> you always in that story like what oh yeah she's just sucking dick for like it's not a big deal that is a huge jump from the beginning of that story you know what she fucked up she, she fucked did. the fuck up she, she should have listened to her amazing. damn husband at least gave him the benefit of the doubt that man what if what she he's saying about my son is true and handled that situation that way she let whatever bullshit com communication issues they had Trump that, and you know what? If she gotta suck dick for some crack because of her <laughs> decision making, then I guess she gonna get a lot of crack. I mean, she gonna suck a lot of dicks. You know, but it was just you know. Okay, so clearly that is a mental health issue. Um, it's a mental health issue. What? What is an issue? So I imagine that there's other issues that you would be okay with. You know, if you, your son came to you and said, "Please don't tell daddy," you know. And and it's not really that serious. It would be okay to handle stuff like that for you. Yes. Okay. So, do you think that perspective comes from that same dynamic? That even so, there's still some things that you know you need to have that you can handle by yourself without telling anybody. You think that came from the per that from my mom, from my mom telling everybody? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it, it just comes from, again, doing the work that I do and seeing that, you know, parents need to be a united front. Um, 
especially with like more major things. So like the, some of the small stuff, I wouldn't get upset if he handled it, and I would hope he wouldn't get upset if I handle it. But like, and that we would trust each other to have the discernment to be able to differentiate between what was something that we both needed to be like, okay, this is some serious shit, and where it's like, okay, you handled it fine. Um, I don't think it's impacted by because I like I. Some of the stuff, I, let me see. Was there anything that my mom did that with that I could see that, like, she, um, I didn't do a lot of bad shit, so no. Like, most of the shit that she did that with, it was shit that could have just been handled in-house. You know, I get my punishment or whatever, and that'd be it. Like, but she would go on and on, and it was just, it was just too much. It was too much. Again, so, coming to my mom became okay she ain't gonna keep a fucking mouth shut like if i go to talk to her about it then everybody else is gonna know about it so i might as well just tell everybody if i wanted that to be the case so at the bare minimum not telling everybody's business and with select things working it out yourself with the child that came to you opening it up in order to build trust with your child so that they will feel comfortable with you communicating with them yes that's my goal so it also means that you got to manage how you respond to those things too. Like even if they trust you enough to talk to you because you're not going to tell the whole family, if every time they do it, you go off, they're going to be like, not finna tell her because she's just going to go off. True. And I hope again, and I know this is going to be different with my kid. I know that there is a, a bit of distance in doing therapy with other people's teenagers. But at this point, I done heard so much shit from like, that <laughs> that I'm just like, you did what? What the fuck? <laughs> um, that my reactions to things isn't as over the top as it probably would be if I wasn't doing the work that I do. I hope I can carry that over when it's a kid of my own. Um, because some of this shit these kids come and tell me internally, I'm like, what in the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you think that was a good idea? The fuck? What? What are you doing? What are you doing? But outwardly, I can't do that. So I don't. Outwardly, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> let's figure this out. Bag it up. Let's let's rewind and start from the beginning. <laughs> mm. So I'm hoping that some of the le- and I tell my kids all the like the kids on my you know that I work with all the time. I am so hopeful that the lessons that because I learn stuff from them all the time, and then more than just slang because they be saying shit and I'm like I don't know what that means. I'm so old now, but um, I really do hope that I'm able to retain my approach because the, my kids they know they will come and they'll be like so you're gonna be upset. <laughs> They'll tell me that because they already know it's going to be some shit. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to agree with it. I'm not going to be happy about But my response is such that they still come and tell me about it. I want that with my own kids. And and again, I know listening to somebody else's child that I don't have to live with on a regular basis talk about some fuckery they did. It's probably going to be a lot easier than a child I got to look at the, in the face every day. Um, but I'm hoping to be able to retain some of this for use with my own kids. Um, it's one of the great things about doing what I do is I get a deeper level of understanding how to respond to stuff. Um, 
how to not overreact. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What about you? Because you, your mom's approach was very religion based. Um, yeah, not with my first uh, stepdaddy so much. Um, he was a pastor. And we went to church, but she wasn't seemingly as devout Mm. early on as she got later on in life, you know. Now, he was a pastor. He was a street corner preacher. Mm. Like, he had been to jail for stealing cars and went back to jail for something after he had already married my mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was on some bullshit. The other one, too. Other stepdaddy was a preacher crackhead. Hell. You know, they say, my mama mama might as well have waited outside the jail for a nigga that said he was a pastor, you know, (laughs) versus meeting him at a church. (laughs) You would have cut out some misconceptions. You just said, I met him at the jail. That would have made more sense. Because you say you met him at the church and they happen to be fucking ex-jailbirds. That shit's different. It is different. She didn't meet no regular niggas, but um, (laughs) my mama... I hate to say it, but she wasn't really intentional about a lot of shit she did. She didn't do a lot on purpose. I think she went off a feeling and what she say is God talking to her. And she still do that shit today. I don't don't know what God talking to me look like. I really kind of feel like God talking to her is random shit happening in the environment that she attribute to something that she was thinking about. You know, like I feel like if she... She was just asking herself a question, and she see a commercial that say, "This question answered." Then she'd be like, "God said that," <laughs> and I'm not saying that's not how God talked to people. I just don't know. I don't have a gauge. Or do she like hear some, you know, fucking shadowy voice walk I, every time she goes somewhere, and be like, "How do you know?" This and how is would you the know that was, to your question. How would you know that that's God and not schizophrenia? I mean, I guess schizophrenia at some point get to a level to which it's telling you to do dumb shit. <laughs> it, like, it never fails. Like, ain't no level of responsible schizophrenia. You know it. Ain't no schizophrenia to just tell you, go pay your bills. <laughs> go buy groceries. You're out of milk. <laughs> schizophrenia voices don't tell you shit like that. Schizophrenia no. tell you that it's a milk, it's it's a milk on the top of that bridge that's waiting for you if you go get it with a hundred dollar bill attached to it. So you be people wonder why the fuck you on the top of that bridge, and they'd be like, "Oh, the voices told me it was some milk up here with a hundred dollar bill on it." And people who see you and hear you and be like, "This bitch crazy," you know. But you believe so? Ain't no, ain't no responsible schizophrenia. If it was schizophrenia, we would know. So she's saying she is not mentally compromised at the moment that we know of. But she's saying that's God telling her to do all this shit. So either it's some voice in her head telling her to do shit or it's, you know, she's taking signs from the environment. And another thing she do and my cousin do is they'll be going through a problem, open up the Bible, read the whole page and whatever makes sense to what the problem is. That's God talking to him. You know, it's like I just opened up the Bible to this page and it said, uh, forget lest ye troubles worry. Uh, go get some gas. And then I knew I needed to go get some gas. <laughs> that's, that's how they work that shit out, you know. But because my mama did not do so many things with that intention, I don't I don't know what I saw intentionally that she did. I don't know what she saw that helped me as it pertains to relationships. 
she really kind of kept us out of what that first relationship looked like because he was abusive. I don't remember nothing about that relationship. It's like during that relationship, we spent most of our time at our grandmama house. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like on purpose. She told me recently, though, that she used to whoop him with a belt. I said, Mama, that's domestic violence. She said that when she would want him to talk, and he wouldn't want to talk. He'd just be in the mood and not talk. And she would, like, hit him with the belt a couple of times and just hit him with the belt a couple of times, and he'll eventually be like, stop, woman. And she was like, she was in, she was ready to run, you know what I'm saying, if she had to. But she said at the end, he would be talking about it, you know. And I'm like, he just reinforced your problematic bullshit <laughs> by answering your questions after he's, you know, whipped him, you know. And I'm like, and, and, you know, it gave me some insight now, because this was about three weeks ago. It gave me some insight now to my mama's relationship situation and how she dealt with relationships and shit. You know, even going to my next stepdaddy where, you know, he took us to Atlanta one time and we were just walking around the whole city. Went to Atlanta Underground. We was with him the whole time. And when we got back, my mama believed deeply that he had went and slept with somebody while we was there and we was with him the whole time, you know, and we went to somebody's house and they went upstairs. Um, but he did not stay upstairs long. We didn't stay in that house long. And I guess he could have clapped some cheeks in a minute and a half. <laughs> but my mama still, the reality is we don't know. And my mama didn't have the evidence to support any of it. So what it was paranoia at best. You know, even if it was true, she didn't have any reason to believe that it happened. So it, that helped me realize she's a part of the fucking problem. But that ended with him picking up some Stacey Adams shoes he had bought that day and hitting her across the face with him. Jesus. You know, and my brother jumped on him and it just turned into a whole situation. You know, so <laughs> my mama didn't do shit intentional. And it, it helped me realize m- m- mama was a part of the fucking problem with this it should have never escalated to him putting his hands on a woman period but my mama specifically but you know i was like damn we were sitting and so we went next door and we was at my grandmama house my mama went up to her bedroom that she used to live in we lived next door to that house and she sat on her bed and cried and i told myself in that moment i'm not gonna be the reason a woman cry you know but i also was like she did this shit (laughs) she started this she (laughs) fucked up we was with that nigga like he didn't do nothing <laughs> and she created this issue like I mean clearly at some point he was going to go across the head with a shoebox for something <laughs> but it didn't have to be that moment she did that you know so I've been presented with a whole bunch of nuance so let's start off with my pops I don't remember much about my pops but I remember my mama being alone for some time right mm-hmm. and uh in that time, she was on that man of the house shit. Like, you the man of the house, you the man of the house. I don't oh. suggest women let their boys believe that they the man of the house. They are not the man of the house. Because when you condition them to believe that they man of the house, they start putting themselves in the mind frame of having to do what a man does for a household, which keeps them from being able to be a, the boy that they are. You know, they put themselves through that shit. So... That's one thing. Then like that. So when a man shows up, what do you think that man of the house is going to be looking like? You know, 
you can't tell him now. Oh, you was never the man of the house. You know, you we was just you was just that was just a temporary role. It don't supposed to be like that. Just let your boy be boys. But that was like the early dynamic of of mama being alone. Um, the next dynamic with my first stepdaddy is that he was also young. Um, his younger sister was my classmate. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, so I think at that time my mama was probably about no mm, thirty five, and he was probably like twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, and his his youngest sister was in my class like the same class and so you know growing up it just showed me that there is something there's something about age that makes a difference you know i had to know that this girl's older brother was my stepdaddy and it was just a weird dynamic at school and weird yeah and the way that i tried to you know express us being somewhat connected was was weird uh then we moved to my next stepdaddy who we were old enough to be like know what was fuck was going on and to not like it that's when i learned that that's when i saw up hand up close to personal what toxic masculinity looked like i saw what this man believed that he was supposed to be and he was not going to be challenged by no boys you know and he always found an opportunity to flex that. I mean, we we he's the reason we because they got married, we stopped being able to have free lunch. And so we had to have a reduced lunch, which was like 90 cents a fucking day, you know. But sometimes we couldn't eat because my mama didn't have the money and he was selfish with his money. Uh, you know, my mama not having the money was a part of her bad decision making again because she gave all her money to the damn church, you know, which she didn't have to. And she managed her money poorly, you know, most of the time probably to our our benefit, me and my brother, you know. So from that, you know, I've learned that love and relationships are nuanced. And the better you can understand the nuance in them, the more you can be successful at it. And I think that success in a relationship means that you got to communicate with them. You got to know what they are, what they have, what they want, and you got to know about yourself too. Yep. You know, so it's because of that. I, I mean, because of my child, my childhood is what made me over, overly analytical. I think I do have a part of a brain that's built to analyze things, but I saw so many things that were inconsistent and didn't make sense. It made me always ask the question: Is that right? Is that wrong? Yeah. Is that how it's supposed to be? I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. You know, I see this happening on this side and this happening on that side. What's right? What's wrong? And so it's like it. I think all of the, that. My brain mixed with those experiences make me now look at all of these different pathways of how to get to where you would get to, and think about all of the possibilities that come from all of those directions that you can potentially take. You know, which is probably the reason that is I haven't been in a lot of relationships. You know, my relationship dilemma has been that I want an algorithm for love. (laughs) Like, I want a formula for relationships. It's not one. (laughs) Of course, clearly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know, that's the analytical mind in me. My analytical mind says, hmm, if you can find the right level of connection and the right level of interaction and the right level of relationship 
and the right level of these other things that would equal a successful relationship, you know. And so I'm assessing all of this shit when I'm meeting a person, end up talking to them for eight, nine weeks, and they be like, "Listen, it's three other dudes who who <laughs> is ready." I'm waiting on you because you know you cool, but like I can't deal with this fucking process. They they don't even know what they're dealing with, <laughs> you know. So. And I learned this at AUM. When I was at AUM, I was talking to three different girls who were my friends, you know, but I think that all of them at some point could see something romantic happening. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize how big of a task we have when it comes to choosing a mate because one of them, or two of them had the same name. I was going to try to go, I was going to try to, but anyway. (laughs) <laughs> One of them was she worked with me. She was a hard worker. She was very affectionate, was not silly or funny at all. Did not get a lot of jokes, no dark humor, <laughs> didn't watch funny shit. She was just dull. But affection, the affection that she had was fantastic. I like the affection. <laughs> like it's like I think I take this affection over that extra shit that I'm missing or whatever, you know. One of them was not funny herself, but laughed at everything I said and I did. And she was somewhat affectionate, but not very much, you know, not very affectionate. But she laughed at everything. It was one shit I can do that one funny. And that felt good, too, because I was like, damn, I can make somebody laugh, like laugh, laugh all the time. Now, I don't laugh, laugh, but I'm fine with that. You know, she laughs, laughs, and, and she got a little bit of affection. I'll take the trade off of that little bit of affection for, you know, the ability to get her to laugh, laugh. And then the other girl... She, I, she laughed, laugh at me. I laugh, laugh at her. Zero affection, <laughs> like no affection at all. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm like, damn. At some point, I said, if I had to choose between these three, I don't even know who the fuck I would choose. I don't know if I would choose ultimate affection with no social addition to that, or if I would choose a hundred percent social, you know, c- context with zero mm-hmm. affection, or if I would, I would choose the half affection, half humor. I don't know. It just made me realize that this shit is so fucking complicated and it's a task It is for us to choose who the fuck we're going to be with. Man. Which, it is. which in, in essence of what I'm talking about is a big part of why like, I probably haven't been in a lot of relationships because that, that whole process takes a long time and just not being an uncertain person and, uh, and analyzing all of the different pathways and routes that you can take you know, don't lead you no fucking where. If you stand in the middle of the fork in the road and just think about what could be on the other end of all of them fucking forks, you you just still standing in the middle of the shit. <laughs> You'll never go anywhere. You ain't going nowhere. And so I've had to learn that at some point you just got to choose a route and just fucking go. At some point, you got to just choose a route and go. I mean, you could be in four. I don't know why I haven't been in a bunch, a bunch of relationships. I don't really know. I think because my my scale for for shit is real short, <laughs> so it stops a lot of stuff from even beginning. <laughs> I get out quick. I mean, that's how I be. But you know. 
you got to think back and see how available you've made yourself in relationship related shit. I have. Are you sure? Yes. When? I made myself overly available. How so? And that's why I'm so careful about it now. <laughs> like, I, what do you mean? Like, I... I'm not going to say I was a ride or die because I ain't never been that bitch. But, I mean, I would drop stuff for the to do stuff with the person that I was with. If I had made plans and he decided that he wanted to do something, I would drop whatever it was that I had planned to do. I don't know. I So, I guess I'm wondering. I'm thinking more along the terms of emotional availability. Because right now, you got an emotional blockade up. <laughs> you are like a, your emotional mindset right now is like a fucking police checkpoint to where <laughs> yeah, it's a whole bunch of people that, you know, they know I ain't got shit going on. I'll go through this fucking little checkpoint. But a lot of people are turning around once they realize it's a fucking checkpoint. And they texting all their people saying, listen. Don't go down Gin Street because that bitch got a blockade on it, bro. Like, you got some on you, don't go. That's what you got that now. I and do. I'm like, when did you not have that? When were you young and naive and just letting whoever come in, come in, no stop lights, no sign, no stop signs on the streets, or none of that shit? The last major relationship that I was in and before that. Like, the red that exists now is a direct result of that last relationship. So prior to that, I put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> shit that you probably wouldn't even believe knowing me now <laughs> that I would. Like... Well, I need, I, was, I need one of the I don't believes if you feel like being transparent. If you don't, that's fine. But One of the I don't believes. Um, what is something and, that and, I did? And if it makes it easier to talk about it, this ain't this ain't you. This is all you. That's two different people. Oh, I mean, I don't, I'm not. I used to be embarrassed about how stupid I was naive. I think at this age, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, I want one of the um, I don't believe. Um, I went to a strip club because the guy that I was with wanted to go. And we went to the strip club. It was a women's strip. Like, it wasn't even like, I don't know if they have unisex strip clubs, but it was a women's strip club. Um, and I just sat there, and uh, one of the strippers came over and hit me on the ass. He was very excited about that, because I guess he thought, oh, we finna take her home. He was wrong as fuck about that, because even then, in my naivete, I still wasn't finna do that shit. But <laughs> I feel like that's something that people wouldn't believe that I would like agree to do, because we actually went to go to Six Flags. That's what we were supposed to be doing. And then he just randomly decided he wanted to go to a strip club. And I wanted to be the cool girlfriend. So I was like, okay. Even though I had no desire. To go no I feel like you told that on the show before. Uh, so you want something else? Yes. I'm trying to think. Um... 
Uh oh, something just popped up. You've been trying to subdue. Oh, we got one. So, <laughs> so uh, the guy that I was dating, um, I, what happened? He had got kicked out of school because of grades and was just not really. He didn't know what he was going to do. So he found a job with this place called Montgomery Alarms. This is when I was living in Montgomery. So the alarm company, like ADT, right? But what they had him doing was going in neighborhoods with flyers for their company and like this whole spiel of this is what Montgomery Alarms can do for you. Knocking on people's doors, going in their houses, talking to them. I went to work with him. <laughs> I already had a job. So, like, this, I'm doing this in my own time. But I fucking went with him. <laughs> Walking around. Bad neighborhoods in fucking Montgomery, Alabama. Knocking on doors. Sitting in people out, like some of the people would like cuss us out. Some people would invite us in, but you don't know. Ugh, it was weird. It was a that was fucking weird. But again, I wanted to be a good girlfriend, and I was like, okay, you know, he's asking me to do this for him. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna walk these neighborhoods, and it was fucking summer. <laughs> it was hot, and I did that with him. I probably did this shit for like a month. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Um, and I just accepted a lot of apologies that I would not accept now. Like right, I like now. I feel like if y'all could hear the things that were said to me that I accepted, y'all would be like, y'all would be afraid for niggas' lives. You would think that I was finna go get some apple seeds and feel, fucking kill somebody. Like, I was very hard on my sleeve, um, you know, given second, third, fourth, 15th, 87th chances. That's who I was. Is, is there anything about that old red that you wish you had now that you wish wouldn't have been tainted by those men? Um, I think I was a lot more comfortable. Like, I'm so fucking, I pay attention to everything. Even if I don't say anything, one of the things that came from these bad relationships was me feeling like I needed to be a lot more alert to what's going on and what's being said and what's being done. Um, I'm not as carefree, I feel like, as in relationships as I was because I believe what people told me. Like, I believed you were a good person until you showed me that you weren't. And even after you showed me that you probably weren't the best of persons, I believed that there was potential for you to change. <laughs> So I think I was a lot more um, hopeful, a lot more um, open. I, 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 like I said, I analyze everything now. 
even if I don't say anything. I'm not that person that's always going to be like, it is, but please, please understand that my wheels are always turning. <laughs> because I feel like I have to pay attention. Because I feel like I missed so many things that were so dumb that I'm like, I'm not going to be dumb again. So I think I missed that. I think I was, it was a more enjoyable relationships were then mm-hmm. than they are now, I think. I probably talked about both of these stories. But I got one story where it was about the girl that I used to work with at Red Lobster. And then I got one story about the girl that I met when I was in uh, North Carolina. Which one of them you want to hear about? (laughs) North Carolina. Okay. So I met this girl on eHarmony. And, you know, it's... I've been thinking about doing one of those paid ones again. Because I'm just... After the pandemic is over, of course. Do it now. Yeah, a lot of people paying for them apps now who don't normally pay for them. That might be Uh, decent. People ain't got no money. (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) No, the people who got money got it. So, you know what I'm saying? Your odds increase. If they can spend money during a pandemic, then shit. Um, We met on eHarmony. Don't do eHarmony, though. eHarmony sucks. Do (laughs) Match.com if you're going to do one of them. Okay. Um... But it's uh, I met her and we hit it off real easy, real quick. Started hanging out, and I was like, she quickly became the reason why I fooled with North Carolina. And uh, because everything else was going downhill in North Carolina at a certain point, living with my sister was going downhill, college had gone downhill, work sucked, I was broke, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, barely, and uh. And we were cool. I remember the first time that we was going to have sex. Um, I had a condom in my wallet. That was. It been in there for like three years. My, <laughs> I've been sitting on this thing nearly every day. I opened up that condom and it's like powder came out of the bed. That's how old it was. And, and then when she came in there. When she came in the room. She was like I got condoms. And that was a new concept to me. Women having condoms was a new concept to me. Right. At that point, to me, it just meant like, oh, damn. Like, when, how often are you having sex with people that you got condoms chilling? <laughs> so that's my mindset. And then she bring it out and she throw one of them gold wrappers on the bread. That's a Magnum. I was like, I ain't got Magnum meat. What the hell is this? But, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a damn two stock, two sock on a stick or nothing. You know what I'm saying? It worked out fine. You know what I'm All saying? Right. <laughs> It, it was perfect. I can use Magnum. It's all right. I don't need a Magnum, but I can use Magnum. It's fine. Um, and so, and not only that, but the first, the first night, and this, this seemed to be something that get women. Like, the longer that you are a dude that don't make it sexual, the more that desire to have you builds up yes. for women. I don't and know. And so, why. I mean, we was like. <laughs> We was in the foreplay and stuff, and I was like, hold on, we do not have to do this because once we do this, it's going to change everything. And she was so fucking befuddled. That's the only word I could think of to use. <laughs> she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> just don't do this. 
and she thought about it and we didn't do nothing that night but we did it the next night but like it was like it was di different energy because it seemed like she respected that I respected that want to treat her like a piece of meat women like that yeah, shit we do um but she was like my last line of defense for staying up there right Mm -hmm. And this, the way this shit, the way this shit developed was like so, it was so crazy. So, I was over her house a lot. I, I was living with my sister, and my sister was cool until she had her baby. She was pregnant the whole time I was there. It's like once she had her baby, this mentality kicked in that said, "I don't need nobody to help me raise no child," <laughs> and she started charging me rent. In a place that I came to find out that she was never never paying rent in herself. Um, side note, she got her house by accident. It was a foreclosure, and the bank people gave her the key before they finished the paperwork. So she just moved in. <laughs> they never knew she was living there. And the people didn't follow up on the property until like three years later. Damn. It's like these big companies acquire properties and don't do shit with them. So my sister was living there literally. And then they came and found out she was living there. It was like, okay, leave. And I was like, man, if I could live somewhere for three years and motherfucker <laughs> at the end just say leave, I'd be out there bitch in five days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For that three years worth. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, I felt like at that point she was taking advantage of me. And I was like, you know, I wasn't spending no time over her house. I was spending time over the other girl's house. I had bought my TV over there. I was playing my game over there while she was at I work. Was you moved the games over there? Yeah, I mean, I was over there all the time, you know. And she worked a real-ass job. <laughs> she was like a mathematician or some shit. She worked in statistics at, on a college campus doing numbers, some kind of shit. And I was like, okay, um... Uh, so she was gone from like eight to five. So I'd be playing games and shit. So we were not in a relationship and she was like, I want to be in a relationship. And I said, I'm not quite ready for a relationship. I didn't know what it was that was making me hesitant, but I said, I don't want to be in a relationship. And hence my mentality was because it's on me that we're not in a relationship. I'm not checking for you. I'm not demanding anything from you. I'm not expecting anything from you. You don't owe me shit. You want something from me that I've chosen not to give you. You don't owe me nothing. And so, um, one night I, I, I tell her that I'm coming to your spot. And she was, uh, uh I said, I'm not coming to your spot. I'm going to my sister's house. She's like, okay, cool. And I changed my mind because my sister had text me or something happened. And I was like, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go to my, I'm going to go to your house. And I tell she said, okay, cool. I'm going out with the girls. You got the key, just do your thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. One of the first times that's happened. So I get there, and in my fashion, I didn't have no computer over there. She, I just used her computer when I was there. I get on the computer, and it's a message up from her ex that says, when the next time you gonna suck my dick? <laughs> and I'm like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> you know, because it's my mentality that this, it's not my relationship. Like, I chose not to be in a relationship, so I'm not checking for you. I'm like, that ain't my business. i always been like that. I ain't never been a jealous dude. It's fine. It ain't my business. But I was also young in relationships, and I was like, how much of a sucker am I being right now? You know what I'm saying? That shit came over and over and over again. Now, hold on. What's that sound? 
Who was Sam? I get static on my side. I can't hear I don't know. You still hear it? It's gone now. The time was 108 when that shit started. Okay. Anyway, we stopped it. All right. So at this point in the story, I want to add several, several components to it. Okay. During this whole time, she's been bad mouthing her ex the entire time. She has never had a positive word about him. He's always been not shit. He's always broke her heart. He's always done her dirty. That's the only input that she's ever talked about him. And I'm like, well, that, damn, he fucked up. So I didn't, I didn't look at that message long enough to know when the date was or anything. I just saw it and exited. Now, the second component is if y'all know anything about Yahoo Messenger or knew anything about Yahoo Messenger because it ain't live like that no more. No. Um, Yahoo Messenger has a built-in archive mode. It automatically archives every single one of your messages from the jump. You don't have to yeah. turn it on. You have to turn it off. So that's the second piece. Yahoo Messenger, you've got to turn off archive so i knew this already you know but i'm like okay it ain't my business and i logged out of her yahoo i logged out so as long as she's logged out i can't get back in i need her password and shit right Mm -hmm. i'm done with the situation i'm finished like is we finished or is we done i'm done (laughs) i'm not checking for that that information no more i'm good i've gone about my way so the next Morning, she's still gone. And I'm like, I want to play the game. Um, But I'm going to watch videos from the computer. So I get her computer disconnected, bring it over and connect it to my TV, which, you know, I've always had a TV that was bigger than the times. Back then, a 42-inch was the shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, So I had a 42-inch in her house. This boom. I hooked her computer up to it, had my wireless keyboard and mouse at the table, ready to ready for it to come up. You know, it loaded up and it came up and her Yahoo automatic login was activated. So it logged in and popped right up on the screen. And I'm like, see, the universe is talking to me now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this, this didn't happen. This did not happen for a reason. So I, you know, so put all this shit together. I'm young and inexperienced in relationships. I'm not jealous, but I want to know how much of a suck I've been. I gave it one time, I logged out of her Yahoo, and it logged back in, and I know that the messages are archived. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go see what him, her and this dude been talking about. And a large bulk of their conversation since me and her been dating was about me. Wait. Like. <laughs> about you. Yes, about me. <laughs> At some point, she told him, there's this guy I like. That I want to be with, but we haven't made it official yet. And he was saying shit like, "Well, how you gonna love him if me and me and you, cause me and you doing our thing?" Because she told me that she loved me one time. Now, that was why we was having sex, so I don't really count it. <laughs> but she said, "I love you," and then you know, in my head, I guess I was gone. In my head, I get I don't know. Maybe maybe I, 
So we went from one position to the other position. We were doing missionary and we went to doggy style. But we went to doggy style right after she said that. But in my head, that was I was going to do that anyway. She interpreted that as after she told me that, I didn't want to look at her. <laughs> <laughs> so that shit didn't turn out well at all. Right? <laughs> but she said on the... Because uh, I didn't say it back. I didn't say it back. Because like, I don't like being pressured into feeling the way I don't feel or, and that was new for me too. Not wanting to be pressured into feeling the way I don't feel and not being pressured into a relationship that I'm not ready to be in. That was from my old relationship. <laughs> you know, that's new shit I had from my old relationship. So, and so, so he was like, if how you going to love him? If you sucking my dick over here or, you know, uh, when you come over here tonight, you know, what you think he going to think if you knew a, if he knew about this, he was probably being as toxic as he was in their relationship. Yeah. You know, with that situation, keeping her from going into something. And so I'm like, damn, the way I looked at it, I didn't even look at it. Like she fucking me over because it wasn't my business. We went in a relationship. You know, I didn't feel like that. I felt bad that I had intruded on her shit. That's how I felt afterward. Like I knew I found out what I wanted to find out. And now I'm at a crossroads because I'm like, I'm not upset about it, but I need her to know that I've gone into her shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the reason that I, I wanted to tell her that because I needed to have a conversation with her because at that point, what I told her was, I don't have a problem with you having another sexual partner but I have a problem with me not knowing if it exposes me to something. You know, if you're not protecting yourself with this person and um, and we're doing oral or whatever sex is we doing, that's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't approach it like I'm mad about this or nothing like that. I I just was like, I'm sorry I went through your stuff. But if you got another sexual partner, it's healthy for me to know. And she reacted in the way that I think she is supposed to react if I was angry. Like she's, she ended up, have you ever seen a, uh, have you ever seen an abused dog? Like when you go try to pet them, even though you have all the good intention, they still rush up into the corner. Like they did something wrong. That's how she started to act. She started to act like, I was supposed to be harming her when I didn't have the intention to. I was supposed to be angry at her when I didn't have that feeling of that emotion. And her acting like that fucked up the relationship dynamic for me. You know, I told her over and over, I said, I, look, we, uh, we went in a relationship. You can still do what you want to do. I'm still okay with us doing what we doing. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. But that whole situation... Man, it it fucked me up. It fucked me up, like, because I actually wanted that to become something more, and it couldn't because of how she was <laughs> behaving. And then, like, for the next four years, she would call me when she was really drunk <laughs> and say, what would it take for us to be together? Oh, my God. And I'm like, we don't live in the same place no more. Like, are you moving here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's like, you can move back up here. And I'm like... Nah, I'm moving on. 
you know, and at some point she stopped calling, but like, damn, that was that was a crazy situation, man. That's my like, that's my like, uh, my eye opening situation for me because it's like, it, it, ain't, it ain't worth it knowing somebody's business. It like that oh, shit yeah. wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. That, that, um, you just gotta figure out what you're gonna do with what you learn. Yeah, exactly. You know, now mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want nobody to suck some meat and then come over kissing me on the cheeks. You know what I'm saying? So I guess it give me some insight to know to ask some <laughs> questions that one gonna be asked. I guess <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like I don't want I don't want to put my hand in your hair if it was some skeet in there last night. You know? Oh, yes. Don't uh, look. That, <laughs> Look, don't act like don't act like some women ain't into that. Some women love that junk. Anyway. I'm just saying. I, I, I have a reasonable I have a reasonable like you won't want to be with a dude who got squirted on by a girl last night <laughs> and it's still no. on his jewelry. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. While you hugged up with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a legitimate concern. Like I don't want no exchange of no juices or none of that stuff. And I should I should have the right to know and whatnot. But <laughs> you gave you gave your situation, I gave my situation. That is not the worst of the two for me, but that's the one I gave you. Well, I I think that I have probably only broken two hearts in my dating life time. Uh, one being a high school boyfriend, and the, and I only feel like that was a heartbreak because I was the first person he had sex with, and I feel like you kind of put, I don't know, you put that, he did, let me not say this, because maybe not all men do this, he put that, like, way up, and so, um, he, I think, I think he thought we were going to go off and get married. My mom would have loved that, too, because she liked him, but it, I just... Oh, Jesus. No, could never. And then the second heart (laughs) that I think I broke was the heart of somebody who recently offered to fly me out to Texas during the Rona. (laughs) Oh, damn. Let me explain that story. You broke the man's heart. Goddamn. Well, so, okay. Listen. (laughs) When I met him, I was actually dating the... Oh, you know what? This I just... I was dating the first guy's heart that I broke. <laughs> I Damn. was dating him. We were fucking kill streak. I, know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in my life at that time. Um, so I was working at Food World when Food World was still a thing, and that's where I met him. At he went to a different high school. He was younger than me, and he has that sarcastic. Like, I just like, I like somebody that can verbally spar with me. Like, I love that shit. It's amazing. It, I really enjoy it. He was able to do that. My boyfriend was not. Okay. But I was with the boyfriend. So, you know, it's whatever. So the, the food world guy um, developed like a crush on me and wanted to date me. And I was like, you know, I got, I'm, I'm dating such and such, you know, I told you that when I met you, I was dating him, and you know, he was he would start doing little shit like leaving flowers on my car when I got out work, it would be some flowers or like or like, um, he would buy these cards 
and write all his feelings inside the car and leave it on my car. Um, and my boyfriend at the time, he was so fucking. I don't need somebody that's gonna whoop my ass. I'm not one of those people, but I do need somebody that I have a strong personality, okay? So I need you to be able to be like, yo, red. No. No. We're not doing that. He was not that, okay? He was not that at all, okay? So he finds out about the cards and stuff, and he was just like, okay. Well, he must really like you. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Because if he had came to me and told me some bitch was leaving cards and shit over his uh, his car, I'm coming to to your job. We need to have a conversation, okay? That was my response. His response was like, oh, that's nice. And Food World got asked me to go to the prom with him. And I had no intentions of going. But I just wanted to see what my boyfriend was going to say. You know what this nigga said? <laughs> oh, are you gonna go? Am I gonna go? And I started to go just, just to prove a point. But I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. Because I would not want him to go... And so even though I'm annoyed that he's like all lackadaisical about this shit, I ain't finna deal with this. So this one, my whole senior year, I go to Montgomery to college, leave them both behind. So I never talked to Food World Boy, you know, because I had the boyfriend. Go to college, end up breaking up with the boyfriend. All of this shit happens. Fast forward some years and... Somehow we find each other on Facebook. I don't even remember how. He was living in Birmingham at the time. I was still in my gut. So he was like, oh my God, you know, still with the crush or whatever. And did I go to... No, he came, he came to Montgomery. He came to Montgomery to see me. And he had a girlfriend. And I'm not... I ain't no other, I'm not the other chick. I'm not a side chick. That's not who I am. So, you know, I was, it was good to see him. He had completely changed. <laughs> now, when I knew him in high school, he was like this, somebody you would have thought would have played as a fraternity, like real put together. He was, you know what? And hilariously enough, his nickname was Slim. He's very tall. He wasn't 6'9". He, he's probably... He probably about six six. He tall, tall and skinny. Um, but he had a girlfriend, so I'm like, yo, no, you know, this is just we just ain't meant to be. <laughs> just not meant to be. Plus, he had got involved in a bunch of shit that I wasn't into. Like he started smoking weed. He was like, he had become like this hood. He was not from the hood, but he had become this hood version of himself. It was very, very weird, very strange. Um, but he would still come to see me sometimes in Montgomery. And so he came, um, and saw me and he had broken up with his girlfriend. (laughs) Now, I don't know that he broke up with her for me. I just know they broke up. That's all I know. So he came and I actually had the flu. He like took care of me because I was sick as fuck. He went to the doctor with me and all of this shit. Um... And what happened? I can't remember what happened. I don't know if 
I cut him off. I don't know why. <laughs> to be honest, I can't remember why. I can't remember why. I don't know. So then, fast forward, I moved to Birmingham. I know he lives in Birmingham. I don't say shit. <laughs> because I didn't want to, like, one, I thought he was still living his best hood life, and I just did not want to deal with that. I wasn't interested in it, didn't want to deal with it. Okay. So I ain't even saying nothing to him. So then I'm on Facebook <laughs> and I do a picture and put like my uh, location as Hoover <laughs> and I get the message. There's real fucked up. You live, <laughs> you live in Birmingham now and you didn't think to say anything. <laughs> you knew I lived here. And I was like, Oh, I, I I haven't even been here that long. I've been there for months. I haven't even been here that long, and like I didn't know, you know, if you still lived here or 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> and he was like not accepting of that because it was bullshit. I wouldn't have been accepting of it either. And he kept trying to still see me, and I just was not. I just thought he was still. On his bullshit. And I just didn't want to try and deal with it. Plus, I had just moved here and shit. I, went, I just wasn't in the mood. <laughs> I wasn't. So then he ends up moving to Texas, which is where he lives now. And randomly, I woke up this morning. <laughs> and he had sent me a, a message on Facebook. And he was like, are you, are you off work? If you are, let me fly you out. Like nigga, there's a, a disease going on. The fuck is no? <laughs> I'm not off work, but even if I was, I'm not flying to Texas. But I feel like him and the boyfriend from high school. If I went to them right now, I wanted to like be in a relationship. I probably could. And they're the only two people that I feel like that I've ever felt like that about where it's like maybe I could have them if I want them <laughs> but I don't oh that was a real passive heartbreaking yeah it, well it was a, I think because it was so, such a long time in the making because like you gotta understand this started when we were in high school and I think he thought this was his chance you know he also because he has a very smart mouth he also is somebody who appreciates that. And so he likes that I can keep up with him and that we can banter and that intellectually I match with him. He likes that. Um, but I've never like done anything like malicious to fuck somebody over. Any heartbreak that I would cause would be passive. It would never be like, that's not, I don't know, it's just not who I am. But if you know what, if he moved back here, I probably would try like to seriously date him. Like we've never really dated before. I would try. Mm. You need to ask him when he's moving back to Birmingham. No, because I don't want I I don't want to ask him that and then he moves back specifically because of me. And then shit don't work out. I don't want to I don't want that. But it wouldn't be your fault. I still don't want, <laughs> want that in the atmosphere in the universe. If I he put that move out. here if under he those to pretenses. Move back, 
No, if he happened to move back for something unrelated, I'd be with it. I, I would not want him to move back like for me. Well, that's As why you don't ask to move back. You just ask him, do you see yourself moving back into this area? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to throw smoke and mirrors out. You don't make it <laughs> seem like it's because you want him to move there. You know what I'm saying? All his family's here. I don't even remember why he went to... We've had conversations here and there since he's been in uh, in um, Texas. He told me, but I don't fucking remember, to be honest, why he's there. But his grandparents liked me. Everything. Because, like, they used to come in Food World. And he would always tell them, like, this is going to be my next girlfriend, which never happened. But it was a long time in the making. Whatever he's doing in Texas, he must be doing all right to be able to fly you out. Unless he's only going to fly you out because the ticket is $62. I was just going to say, ticket's <laughs> cheap as fuck. It, it, <laughs> this is the perfect time to fly somebody out and try to, like, be balling and shit because it don't cost nothing. Tickets are worthless right now. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. Plus, I, you know, I'm the kind of person. Again, this goes back to me not being that carefree version of myself anymore. I would, I would pay for my own fucking ticket because I feel like I ain't finna get there. You done flew me out, and now you feel like I owe you something because I'm the you the reason I'm hit. Like, no, mm, yep, <laughs> I'm straight. I fly myself out, and that way, if you get to acting foolish. I'm out. Got time for it. But, but you know what? I, I, that situation today made me think back over the people that I've dated and if there's anybody that I could see myself dating again, like as opposed to going out here trying to meet new people. If there was anybody in my past that I, I could see myself being like, you know what? Maybe we should give it another chance. He is probably the only person that I could see that. <laughs> so you remember uh at a certain point you know facebook always statuses we always play these little games and stuff well facebook did a game where like if somebody drop a number in your status mm-hmm. you gotta uh you gotta comment or send them a message that's tell them how you feel or whatever mm-hmm. so the, the the montgomery story the other girl they used to work with that story at some point she she played we played that game and she dropped the number and you know and she pretty much said i'm sorry for everything i put you through and all this yada yada blah 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 and i was like okay whatever well, cool and um but like she keep as she be asking my homeboy about me every time she see him i just don't know why that's the case i would never you date her that got away she, I mean, I don't even think that's the case. I'm the one that got away. Ah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, she fucked up. <laughs> so you know, that uh, means you're the one that got away. She might be. Look, it's hard out here in these streets. I just told you. I just went back and looked over my past dating life to see if it's somebody I could just go back to because I'm tired of this shit. Okay, it's difficult. My first, okay? it's hard. My first girlfriend. I shouldn't have had her as a girlfriend. No way. I was 16 when she was 23. That shit something supposed to work out like that. Um what's the next one? Um oh I definitely wouldn't date her. She married to a woman now. Um so she that makes her buy at you know at least maybe she just exclusive women now, but 
she's out of the question anyway. Um, Montgomery girl, she's out. Uh, she just wouldn't do that. It's a girl that I talked to from Tuskegee. Um, nope, she got a ton of kids now. Married with a ton of kids. Um, the next one she married with a couple of kids now at this point. Um, I wouldn't go back to none of them anyway. Um, my last relationship, um, we were so different. We were like friends masquerading as a boyfriend and girlfriend. You know, that's that's what that was. It wasn't like I didn't feel I never got the feeling like we were together together. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent a lot of time in our relationship working on our own careers that mm-hmm. we didn't have an opportunity to build our relationship. Um, so I want I want to go back to that one because I think that we would just still be friends, you know. So no, no, I ain't got nothing I could go back to if I. You would literally be the only one. My first boyfriend fucked somebody else and got them pregnant when we were in high school. Said nah, and now he got like a bunch of fucking kids. Um. And then the boyfriend that I had during the Food World story, he, I just, he is not, and not even aggressive, he assertive. He's not assertive enough. Like, I just, that drives me fucking crazy. Like, I need somebody, I get out of pocket, okay? I say shit sometimes that you need to be like, okay, wait, no, no, (laughs) ma'am. He ain't gonna do that. And I can't deal with that like that drives me insane i hate it i hate it so much and we have very different ideas like he perfectly happy living in talladega among his family that's where he gonna live and die i have no desire to know so he out um who else i haven't had i haven't did <laughs> uh from college uh slim is definitely out I would be on the episode of ID Channel for murdering him. I feel like that would never work. Um, who else? Um, and then yeah, food world guy. Like I said, I could see us trying and see. Oh, the one person that I talked to that was uh that's been to prison before, I could not. I can't get past the fact that he was in prison. I don't know what happened while he was in there. Maybe nothing. But he was in prison. So mentally, I have a block. <laughs> I have a block now. Uh. I don't know what his prison state was like. Because he was in there for a couple of years. So I don't know. Can't do it. And he said something to me before about us. Like, oh, we should try again. No. No, we shouldn't. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else that that I would. Which makes me sad because now it's like so. When social distancing isn't a thing anymore, I just I gotta go back out here and try to fucking get to know new people. I don't want to do that. Okay, I don't. You can get flew out by old boy. I don't know. Not flying anywhere right now. Just fucking. I'm not talking about now. You just said when this over, you got to start meeting people. And I'm saying when this over, you can get flued out by old boy. 
I could. Um, uh, he could come here. I would prefer him come here. You should go to Texas. Um, you should go somewhere. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, why don't you have him? Know. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you try to be like, look, how about me and you meet somewhere? <laughs> like, let's well, meet. Get a little Airbnb, have a little weekend, get some cheeks clapped. (laughs) (laughs) You know how it works. (laughs) No, I just, the more that time goes on, I'm just so scared that I'm going to get so okay with being by myself that it becomes hard to be with somebody. Like, I do everything myself to the point where y'all fuss at me for being so independent. But it's because I have to do stuff myself. I ain't got nobody to do shit, so I do it myself. And I think, okay, I can do this myself, or how can I do this? Like, my thought isn't, who can I get to help me with some shit? It's like, okay, how can I make this work? (laughs) Like, I'm going to probably try to put that desk up before you have a chance to get over here. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to wait on you. I'm gonna try to wait because I want it up right, but I may put the disc. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Okay. I took it out of the car and I was like, "Oh, maybe we can do this." <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go for it. No, 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 no. Go for it then. So I so don't you know. need like, a fucking drill not- and you need a fucking bit. <laughs> Period. They ain't expensive. You got a drill, then get you a bit. You'd be fine. Yeah, I do yeah. have a drill. But I don't like. That's my fear is that I'm gonna get too comfortable in doing stuff myself and just not put that effort. I'm already really not putting that effort in to be honest. Like, and as time goes on, it gets worse. So like, and then this shit didn't help. With everybody social distancing and shit, you don't go nowhere. Like, this is like a, a introvert's dream. Like, now it's not even weird that I just sit in the house because everybody's sitting in the house because they have to. <laughs> I'm normal. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, we ain't, we ain't got quite two hours. We close, but, you know. I think we had a pretty good conversation about relationships. I did. I, I hope that the listeners will listen and give us some feedback. Like, let's have a conversation. Because if we're all stuck at home, <laughs> well, I'm not stuck at home. I still have to go to fucking. I'm one of these people that are the first responders type shit who has to still go to work, be around people. Um, but, but I would just like to know, like, Are there people in your life, if you're listening, that you feel like you could go back to? Like, if you look back over your your history of relationships, is there somebody that you feel like, hmm, maybe? Fuck that. No. (laughs) Fuck that question. That is a yes or no question. Fuck that easy-ass question. We got transparent on this podcast. (laughs) I want to know who done broke y'all goddamn heart. I want to know what happened. (laughs) I want to know what your worst goddamn experience with another person was that you are willing to tell the world. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. Look, if, let's set up some way y'all can call a record in or something, goddamn. Let's do some 
you know, let's do some Skype sessions talking yeah, about this shit. Let's bitches on the show. We're gonna have to find ways to spice this shit up for the next few weeks because right now the the whole world is corona. That's kind of it. So, and yeah. we don't want to bring a show to you every week of just fucking talking about. It. I don't even want to talk about it to be honest. Okay. Like even if that was what y'all wanted, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Talk about it. If you don't know nothing about the coronavirus, you definitely didn't come to a podcast to find that shit out. No. It's too much shit to tell you what's going on. We ain't the first line of defense for that. No. So. <sighs> If you but, uh, have some ideas on some stuff that you want us to talk about during this weird ass time in the in <laughs> in the world, leave it. Let us know. Conversation at gmail dot com or hit us up on Facebook. Yeah, it's new. All right. You got anything else on your mind? I don't. My dogs have been pretty quiet. I'm very proud of them. They're gonna get a bone. All right. <laughs> and if you get flu out, you'll get a bone. Uh, okay. Until we got the next conversation. We out. Allah. <laughs>